Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey everyone, it's Reed. Before we get started, I just want to ask everybody to keep your eyes and ears open as we get deeper into 2023. If you have questions, email us, podcast at lincolnproject.us. We want to hear what you're hearing. We want to see what you're seeing. We want to know what you're wondering about. Podcast at lincolnproject.us. Give us your questions, your thoughts, your concerns, and anything you think might be of interest to the fight for American democracy. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to The Lincoln Project. I'm your host, Reed Galen. Today, I'm once again coming to you solo because after the last week or 10 days, gang, I just felt like I needed to spend a few minutes giving you my thoughts on everything that's transpired and what could really only be called as the Republican Party's week of insanity. So let's talk about it. One thing I think we saw in the last week or so is MAGA crossing the event horizon. And to use an astronomical expression, the event horizon is like the edge of the black hole, right? That's like where you get sucked in. Gravity can't escape. Light can't escape. Nothing can escape. And it sounds weird, everybody, to think that just now they've reached this place when we thought that it couldn't get any worse, that they couldn't go any further, but here they have. And just let's think about this. And forgive me, I'm going to read off all of the states that have had something go on. In Idaho, there is a law now that could potentially make sure that women could not cross state borders to receive an abortion should they need or want one. In Missouri, the state legislature voted to defund libraries. In Texas, the state governor down there, Greg Abbott, is about to pardon a police officer who shot a protester at a Black Lives Matter protest, was convicted by a jury of his peers, and is going to pardon this person at the behest of Tucker Carlson. Think about that. Where do we begin in Florida? I mean, I don't even know, right? There's a six-week abortion ban coming up. There's Ron DeSantis's feudal fight against the Disney Corporation, which he is destined to lose because Bob Iger is much better at this than Ron DeSantis is. You know, we've already talked about he's going to start his own Florida military force. He's had people arrested for attempting to register to vote. You name it, he's done it. In Tennessee, how could we forget Tennessee, where the state legislature expelled two out of three Democrats after a demonstration on the floor there in response to the horrible shooting at a Nashville Christian school a couple of weeks ago. No surprise there that both members turned out to be African-American. The one they didn't expel, shock of all shockers, was white. And if you haven't gone and watched some of these legislators, these white legislators, lecture these young African-American men, each of whom I think are stars on the rise, the only thing they didn't do was wear like an old straw hat and have a chain dog at their feet, the way that they were talking to these guys. It was like something out of Bull Connor or George Wallace. 
the state of Tennessee should be hanging its head in shame with these people representing them. In Mississippi, not to be outdone, Governor Tate Reeves, who's no moderate himself, declared April Confederate Heritage Month. That's right, Confederate Heritage Month, a war they lost 158 years ago. They are now spending time, money, state resources on bringing back the lost cause, stab in the back. It was all really just an economic disagreement argument. I mean, guys, it's 2023. It's not 1923. It's not 1863. And lastly, Senator Tommy Tuberville of the state of Alabama is holding up something like 180 promotions at the Pentagon because he's unhappy with something politically. And then not to be outdone, all these other states, there are now 11 states controlled by Republicans that are looking at rolling back child labor laws, right? Child labor laws, guys. It's one thing to get your first job at 15, 16, whatever it might be. But the idea that now like, oh, well, the one thing that we've really been missing is 10 and 11 year olds sewing buttons on shirts. I mean, guys, what is happening? What is happening? And so, you know, we see this in the wake of, but I don't think because of Donald Trump's first indictment, I don't think it'll be his last indictment. And what I think you've seen, guys, is a couple of things. One is on any given day, as I talked about on another episode, MAGA is either ahead or Trump is ahead. They've always had a symbiotic relationship, but now they have a relationship where one part of the movement is ahead or Trump is ahead. But regardless, each of them is pulling the other and pulling the Republican Party deeper and deeper into this black hole. And it is a dangerous thing. And I think that you see that they are now caught up in mania of their own making. They're caught up in a mania of wanting to be as transgressive and ugly as they can be. I think that they are afraid of the future, as many authoritarian movements typically are, because they can't control it. They want to return us, as we've talked about, to some gauzy vision of the past that never existed. And now we have a place where our children are forfeit, women's rights are forfeit, the issue of race in this country, an issue on which they are losing, is back in the forefront. Because here's one thing I think they all know. They are in the minority, politically, morally, spiritually, population-wise. And I think that they are really, really upset about it. Now, that doesn't mean they can't win game, right? We should never, never mistake the fact that there are more of us than there are of them, that they couldn't win elections. They absolutely can, because as we see a lot in these old Confederate states, the neo-Confederacy, if you want to call it that, they are willing to do whatever it is they need to to either ensure their own victory or ensure that those who can participate or who have had the right to participate, it's more difficult, that the involvement in people's most intimate lives whether or not that's in the classroom, in the bedroom, in the living room, wherever it is, they now want to dictate. And that, guys, it's so far away from what, again, regardless of how you ever felt about the Republican Party, the one I grew up in was what happens inside your house is your business. Who you want to pray to is your business. How you want to live your life is your business, so long as it doesn't affect those around you, right? That's the definition of individual freedom which comes with responsibility. These people are not about freedom and they're not about responsibility. They're about deciding who they want to affect for their own benefit. And a lot of it comes down to power. 
And if it doesn't come down to power, gang, it typically comes down to money. And so none of this is a surprise. Like I said, it takes a lot now, guys, to shock me. But as I was sitting there with my family on spring break last week, I found myself shocked. Guys, I have on my laptop an op-ed I have been trying to write for a week. And every time I started to write the lead or the headline, something else crazy happened. And I said, okay, now I have to rework my thinking again. And that takes a lot, even for me, as we've been doing this now three and a half years at the Lincoln Project, as we've been watching as Jeff Charlotte, who's coming up in an episode this week, calls it the Trumpocene era for almost eight years. It takes a lot to surprise me. It takes a lot to shock me. But consider me shocked and surprised. Neither one of those things are a good thing. Always a reminder, folks, for us, never let lack of imagination get in the way. It's what got us into this place when nobody thought Trump could win. It's what got us into this place when no one thought he'd be as bad as he could be. It's what got us into this place when people continually tried to normalize him and continually tries to normalize the behavior of all these people. This is not normal, and it's not going to be normal. But on the topic of normal, I want to change gears for a second. I want to move to the state of Wisconsin. So last week, Judge Janet Protasewicz won a seat in Wisconsin's hotly contested Supreme Court race. Something like $15 million in outside money came in. And a lot of the media is talking about how Justice Protasewicz is very liberal. She's very progressive. This was really a race about abortion. This was a race where the Democrats won. And I take a little bit of issue with that, not because that those things aren't necessarily true or partially true, but because what this really was, what the race in Wisconsin was last week was the victory of normal over crazy, of normal over abnormal, of normal over radical. Judge Protasewicz may be left-leaning in her beliefs and even in her judicial philosophy, but she is at her core a normal individual. The person she ran against, the man she ran against, who was an election denier, a man who believed in the January 6th conspiracy theories that ran just atrocious digital advertising, accusing Judge Protasewicz of things, is abnormal. He is MAGA. And when I heard on one news channel, they said, well, Democrats had a big victory. She won by double digits. In a state like Wisconsin, that means that not only Democrats voted for her, but many Republicans and independents voted for her as well. It's the same reason in the same state why we saw last fall Tony Evers beat Tim Michaels, because Tony Evers was normal and Tim Michaels wasn't. Tony Evers got 7% of the Republican vote last fall. That's a lot for a Democrat. That's a lot. And I think what we're going to see is more MAGA insanity. I just heard the other day that in Florida, Michael Flynn is organizing a slate of ultra-MAGA candidates to run against Republican members of the Florida legislature in primaries next year. Think about that. That's what all of their gerrymandering is going to get them, is the snake eating its own tail. That's what the insanity, like we saw with this federal judge in Texas on the morning after pill, is going to get them. That's what the 21 legislators in South Carolina saying abortion should be a capital offense is going to get them, which is they are doing things in the argument about pro-life versus pro-choice that no one in 50 years and billions of dollars could get done. Why? Because the idea of abortion, even for those who believe themselves to be pro-life, was something that had been ingrained into American society and American traditional thinking for 50 years. 
The morning after pill isn't something that came out two weeks ago. It's been around for 20 years. It is a normal part of women's reproductive health. The ruling out of Texas is radical. It is an absolutely radical thing, and it is pushing away, as we saw last fall after Dobbs, certainly young voters, certainly young female voters, but I think female voters of all stripes, but I think a lot of Americans too who are just sort of sick of the insanity. And how could we not be? How could we not be sick of everything we're seeing them do for very narrow political gain, which they are so far beyond the pale, they either don't know or don't care that it should cost them dearly in next year's elections. And certainly, gang, we all collectively need to do everything we can to make sure that it does cost them dearly in state legislative races, in statewide races, in U.S. Senate races, in U.S. House races, and certainly for the White House. What the Republicans have become part of an authoritarian movement, as you've heard me say a million times, is something that the American people have already said two times in a row they don't want. And now for a third time, we must, must, must defeat them and defeat them soundly. Which brings me to my last point, then I'll let you get back to your day. I want everybody who's listening to my voice to ask this question. Do you want to win? Do you want American democracy to survive? Do you believe it is a cause worth fighting for, for you, for your family, for your kids, for your business, for your community? If it is, then what I need you to do is say, there are times in this fight when things are going to get ugly. And I hate to say that, but the Republicans and Trump and the MAGA people have no scruples. There's no line, as we've seen in the last week, that they won't cross. Not even the last week, the last nearly decade. Are we going to do the things that we need to do to stand up for American democracy? Are we going to say, when we see two young African-American members of the state legislature in Tennessee expelled, say, absolutely, no more? Are we going to stand up with those two? We should. Are we going to stand up with our fellow citizens, with our kids, with women? with educators, whoever the case might be. Our opponent has no moral center. They are amoral. As I talked about at the top, they are an immoral black hole. Nothing good can come from them. They don't like it. They don't want anything good to come from it. The only thing they care about is power. That's it. And the more power they have, gang, the less of our lives we get to control. Is that the trade you're willing to make? Because I can promise you this, it's not the trade I'm willing to make. And so I want you to consider this. Over the course of the next 18 months, we got to get up every single day and push back and fight back against this thing. It is the fight of our time. Make no mistake about it. It is the fight of our time. And I ask you, are you ready for it? Are you ready to join us? I hope you are. I want to thank you for taking a few minutes of your day to spend with me. As always, we'll have new episodes out this week. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Be sure to follow and subscribe to The Lincoln Project on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or however you listen. Don't forget to leave a five-star review. To connect with us, follow us on Twitter, at Project Lincoln. And for more information on our movement, to join our mailing list, subscribe to our newsletter, or make a contribution to our efforts, visit lincolnproject.us. If you want to message the podcast directly, please send an email to 
podcast at lincolnproject.us. And if you want to personally join the fight to save our nation's democracy, visit jointheunion.us. For The Lincoln Project, I'm Reed Galen. I'll see you on the next episode. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.